You're listening to Lost and Rewound on Radio Free Brooklyn. Time to get embarrassed with us. Brooklyn's Lost and Rewound. My name is Alon. And I am the other one. <laughs> I am not Jimmy, and that's not Alon. Yeah. And uh, we bring. Guy. No, no, no. Really? You're gonna you're gonna play that? Uh, yeah, I played it. I played it for at least seventy five percent of the show so far. <laughs> so you're saying that I'm like the Conan O'Brien, and you're the Andy Richter? Um. Yeah. Well, that that you're just in, that, in essence, you're just as instrumental then to the fabric, the very fabric, I'm as not, opposed to the fabric, the very fabric. Your seat is literally higher than me. Right I can't, now. yo. <laughs> if, if the studio gives me a chair that makes me feel like I'm on the baby seat, then by all means, I'm I in the sidecar, and I'm okay with it. <laughs> we bring this to you every Thursday, 3 p.m. Eastern. If you want to learn more about our show, check us out at radiofreebrooklyn.com/lar. There, you could be a sponsor for the show. Yes, you can. You can actually take money right out of your pocket and give it to us. And that's because this show, we're not making any money. I don't think anyone in radio is making any money. But we're we're specifically not making any money. <laughs> and it's this that's because this station is an independent radio station yeah. and we survive on contributions from viewers like Radio Free Brooklyn is freeform internet radio, and they have a Patreon page as well. So if you wish to contribute any dollars of any amount to the great cause of freeform internet radio, then you can go to that Patreon page. It is RadioFreeBrooklyn.com slash pledge. Or again, you can pledge to us directly at RadioFreeBrooklyn.com slash L-A-R. Let's begin. Radio Free Brooklyn host. Her name is Face Girl, but you may know her also as Catherine Dunn. She is a host with Face Boy on Art Star Scene Radio. She's here to hang out with us, and we'll explain why she's here in just a little bit. Welcome to the show, Catherine Dunn. Thank you for having me. A very kind sport, because you have been telling me through text that you have tapes that you have to provide to our show, but that you don't have them yet. Well, I don't know that I have them. You don't. My know family that you have them. has them potentially, but I have things. But I don't know what you want. I have like just weird things that I did. So Le- legends of the hidden. Let, 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 let's talk about this here on the air. Let's iron this out. So, 
for those who are maybe a little bit confused about the format, because there's a lot of people who may listen to the show and are not sure. So what, what is the show have. actually about? I've been listening to the show for years. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so what we, are you guys actually doing? We, we don't still don't get it. And so what we do is we listen back to our younger selves. Um, I had a series when I was growing up called The Danziger Zone, which was 50 tapes of my directionless drivel and invited everybody along for the ride now i'm doing the same thing on a you know an internet radio show so match (laughs) yes it's uh audio time capsules so right anything that's been uncovered from the past that's the deal um yes you know you, you capture a moment in time via audio and you hope it'll never be listened to again (laughs) <laughs> and that's sort of like what our show is. <laughs> now, Catherine, I understand that you do, in fact, have something that is relevant to this criteria. I believe I do. You believe you do? I believe I do. I know my cousin and I would do something. She had like a karaoke machine of some sort. And we did like, I don't know if it was a radio show, but it may have been a radio show because I had like this radio toy. And I feel like this radio toy that I had also made tapes. Like, But I don't know where they are, but I think I found something. Was it one I of found... those? This is an old multicolored one. The white one with the red and the blue and the yellow. The no. primary colors. That That's the one that I had. Fisher Price. A lot of people used to have that thing. No, mine was like this big gray like soundboard uh, with like a mic and I want to say earphones and uh, like a tape deck that my grandfather got me. And you could do like sound effects. Sounds had, more like, impressive. Sound effects yeah. board. Mine I love that. Like, mine is more like a child thing. Yeah, kid, you know. Wait, what kind of sound effects? It had a lot of like outer space sound effects. <laughs> yeah. It's the 80s, right? Yeah, everything in the 80s. Uh, pew, pew, pew. For the record, I'm not from the 80s, but yes, everything in the 80s was about space. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that's the issue that we had growing up was, was that we couldn't ever seem to disconnect space from the future. You know, so we had all these preconceived notions of what sounds from the future were. So, is futuristic. Whereas now, <laughs> we're we're living in the future, and sounds are nothing like that. It's all like pretty much just uh, what, um, like jungle or house or or no, no, not jungle or house. What's what's it called? Mu- e- jungle e- music. EDM or whatever. Yeah, like an the ED- drug sex music. <laughs> the, 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 the drug, drug sex, sex music. music. <laughs> exactly. You have a uh, what's it called? Like dark wave or something of the other, right? Oh God, whatever they call it now. I don't know dark what they, wave. Dark is that wave? a thing? I don't know what they call it. Light Did wave, you dark make wave. That up? I, uh, he's the music expert, the resident That's music right. expert. So I just I will go know. with dark whatever wave. he says. If he says that people listen to dark wave or dark wing duck, I'll just believe. Dark wave. <laughs> <laughs> Catherine, did you make a lot of mixtapes when you were growing up too? I did. I do have a lot of random things where you would press buttons when the radio's doing stuff yep. in hopes that you catch that thing. And, and that, in essence, is even at the minimum what we are seeking. We love to hear these kind of tapes because it gives us some insight as to who the people that we have on the show are when they're kids and when they're interested in this kind of music enough to record it and effectively launch it into a portal of nostalgia so that you come and you listen back to it and you're like, oh shit, I have really good recording reflexes. (laughs) I know exactly when I had to do it. And sometimes they don't and they record a little bit of the DJ. And actually that's even better. When we had Aaron Stock a while back on our former iterations of Lost and Rewound, uh, we had him and he even managed to get a little bit of his Philadelphia, um, or I think it was Philadelphia, DJ uh, talk set, which I think even added a little bit of flair <laughs> to the recording. That's what we're really striving for. Uh, you were raised in Long Island, correct? Correct. So you had a lot of access to the New York City radio stations, too. Yeah. What did you listen so. to growing up? 
Um, I'm not sure that I really listen to radio, but I must have. So like probably Z100. What about K-Rock? Um, I mean, little, little K-Rock? that's definitely in my car now. No, K-Rock is gone now. Does that not exist? It's dead now. Oh, yeah. No, it's been dead for a while. Yeah. Well, then I don't know what K-Rock is. <laughs> so no, wait. Wasn't that 95.5? Nope. 92.3. And Howard Stern was the DJ there, the morning uh, d- disc jockey there for a long time. It was pretty great. He was the shock jock, the original shock jock. Then, then he, Howard Stern. He, he got bought out. And then when he got bought out, the station just kind of tanked. Yeah. So wait, 92.3, what is that now? Isn't that something? It's like Jack. FM. I feel like no. it's still something. Is, Jack Jack. FM, is that the new WPLJ? I, I honestly I can't keep track of Jack, so. but I know. Are, well, we'll say it like this. It's now. I think it's now ninety two point three. The music stations in New York. It's all pop now. The the big music stations. Oh, not Radio Free Brooklyn, of course. <laughs> <laughs> but growing up, I would, I would always like go out of the city. Anytime I'd leave, and I'd go yeah. to some other place. I was like, God, the music is so great out here. Really? Yeah. I grew up in Woodstock, New York, uh, in the Hudson Valley, and. When I would listen to it, when I went to Long Island, I had family in Rockville Center, Long Island. When I would go and visit them, I would always listen to that station. In Woodstock, the station I listened to was decidedly more of like the adult contemporary fair, which gave me a lot of exposure to bands that were also getting played on radio stations uh, in New York, but maybe not to as much of an effect in Woodstock. Cause, I don't like know. what, for example? Well, this is where we come into today's theme. Today's theme being bow, 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 bow. music that we listen to as teenagers, as inspired by a very obnoxious Facebook slash Twitter trend of everybody listing the top 10 uh, albums that they listen to that uh, that changed their lives forever during their teenage years, etc. Yeah, obnoxious trends! A lot of music that I got into because of being that impressionable kid who would watch MTV and saw a music video and was like totally inspired to ask his mom to buy that album at the wall or tower records or whatever was around at the time i think the wall was the most prevalent of the record stores in my local mall which is a shitty mall hudson <laughs> valley mall City. See, i remember oh i was gonna say I remember i used to watch a lot of mtv and then i would feel really guilty watching vh1 and i didn't want anyone to know that i also watched vh1 because mtv was so much cooler you yeah. wouldn't let people know that you watch VH1? Yeah, I was just like, I would watch it on the down low. I need Tony Braxton sometimes. <laughs> Unbreak Jimmy's heart. Okay, so uh, that, but that said, I, I did start getting into music pretty heavily in middle school and going into high school. Catherine and I were chatting actually before the show about what year being a teenager began. I would argue that I became a teenager after my bar mitzvah because that's when you become a min in the Jewish tradition. <laughs> uh, for those of you who are, you know, not, not chosen ones. Yeah. And in eighth grade, I started getting into music very heavily. But a lot of the stuff that I collected was pretty much just all like the alternative rock canon, if you want to pit it in all in one category now. Nobody thinks about a lot of this stuff anymore. I don't know. What, what kind of stuff were you guys collecting when you were in your 8th, ninth grade? Oh, grade? gosh. Any, yeah. t- any time between 8th so, and senior year of high this school. This was a time in which I was definitely deciding to choose a musical taste in order to be against the man. Sure. So We've talked a lot about what you had. Yeah. The very first album I ever bought, which I like, it, it, took, it shaped my musical taste for years, was, and I, we talked about this before, didn't we? We did. Was the, the Matrix soundtrack. Yes. Which was composed of uh, the Deftones, Rage Against the Machine, uh, Ramstein. Right, so Ramstein. 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 And um, Marilyn Manson and Rob Zombie. Yeah. 
you know. So then, all all the the hits, which which led me, <laughs> which which you know, it's one of those things that just sort of like builds inside you, and then there's like a a weird little musical demon in your heart that's just goes, well, how can I make this worse? And then they found Lincoln Park. Lincoln Park <laughs> Word. a lot like I still because Lincoln Park is for some strange reason and I hope we don't li- lose listeners because they're so popular <laughs> their their album is like still in the top 100 albums every year they're still really? selling that same album Hybrid Theory yeah it's still they're selling it and every so often on the radio like it'll still come on and I still know all the words <laughs> and it's 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 bad because you feel like it's one of those things like Clockwork Orange where you're like ah they forced me but they, you didn't they didn't force me <laughs> what other ones can you remember yeah well I got a handy dandy list written right here so a big thing also was that I still really love the music that I'd grown up with I just listened to the music my dad listened to sure and my mother just listened to the music that my dad listened to I don't really know why she never listened to sounds music. controlling yeah and he just he just had like literally two cassette tapes we'd listen to in the in the car we'd go on road trips we used to go on a lot of road trips and one was the moody blues greatest hits and another was pink floyd dark side of the moon so it was weird being a kid like listening to the dark side of the moon all the time becoming an adult and like figuring out what was going on with that. right <laughs> and like relating experiences i had an adult versus being a kid my dad took me to a moody blues concert at radio city music hall when i was like 15 or something and I was the only person under 30 years old. There. Yeah. <laughs> it was ridiculous. That makes These sense. Were, they, everyone there was in their 50s. Like, there was like, I'm telling you, the kids, people in their 30s were the whippersnappers. In the same vein of Lincoln Park, I used to like System of a Down. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And we That's talked about bad. that. Mm-hmm. But like, we already talked about this because we brought, I brought up this embarrassing past because you're always po- poking and prodding. What about I, Nickelback? Did you ever like Nickelback? No, I, no, I Fuck never that did. Shit, and I never man. liked Nickelback. I never liked like um, any of that. Like Creed, Creed, Creed yeah. or anything like that. Creed is no. the same as Nickelback. No, like to me, the next most embarrassing thing here, it'd be that I liked Franz Ferdinand because they were kind of like a one-note kind of band. Like, I liked that first album, too. It was a good album, and I listened to it a lot, but then afterwards I'm just like, you guys didn't do anything. I mean, the real Franz Ferdinand started World War One. I'm like, what did you guys What did you guys really do besides <laughs> that one album? Well, the Foo Fighters were a part of World War Two. Uh, that's where they got their name. Really? Who were the Foo Fighters in World War II? I think they were supposed UFOs in World War II. No way. I think that's what they were, yeah. That's awesome. That's great. I want, I want to look that up now. Yeah, now, I'm, now I love it. <laughs> I love that kind of thing. You ever heard of the Boxer Rebellion in China? Our history lesson no. time. <laughs> it was the first time in history when Kung Fu like really exploded, and all these people who were really poor like taught themselves Kung Fu to fight back against their imperial oppressors that had guns and they like came out of nowhere and just kung fu'd everybody Whoa. before they could shoot them <laughs> yeah i'm like i can uh, i can just imagine how many people got gunned down but then like the few guys getting through just quack, like chopping i just it just it brings a tear to my eye every time i think of I, I don't hear 10. Is there any more that you have? Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, the other one, one of them is not embarrassing, so I didn't think he would care. Oh, okay. Well, well, <laughs> the one that's not embarrassing is um, is Mar- Mars Volta, De Last in the Comatorium. Sure. That I started listening to, I think, when I was 16. That's just an awesome album. I'm not going to front. There are people that really don't like that band. Um, uh, I, ne- I, I never great. got into Mars Volta or Sparta. I was a very purist in the, that I liked the At The Drive-In. The relationship of Command was just phenomenal, and I never Drive-in. looked back. I never looked forward. Well, <laughs> the thing about so weird about De Last Nicomatorium is that the story of Mars Volta is they used to do a ton of drugs. It was a drug band in that, in that steely day. Like fashion. Pink Floyd. Like Pink Floyd the same way. One of the guys that did all like their sound effects for the first album, 
he died. He OD'd. So then they did another album, and they like stopped doing drugs. And they did like the second album, and it was all about this guy that died. And that album was awful. <laughs> okay. And then they did the third album, and they, like their music like started to recover. But it was this big thing of like them without drugs was like not music people wanted to listen to. They were like, <laughs> guys, I mean, we really like that you're like helping yourselves and like you know being healthy and making good choices. But like, um, but, like, can't you just do a couple tabs sitting in a in a room for a moment and make us some music? Yeah, you know, I mean, uh, we got to sell albums at the same time. So this is um, it's a business too. But the music eventually got good again. But Which it took them like four more albums. The Mars Volta. That's what I thought. So I want to say it's like Texas. Texas. Mexic, 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 what do you call Tex-Mex. it? Tex Mex. Tex Mex rock. Tex Mex <laughs> right. rock. Not, not, not Tejano. <laughs> that would be a different variety of music. What, well, yes. Anything else? Um, no. Well, the one thing I didn't say. Oh, no. There's two things here I didn't say. Um, one is uh, Third Eye Blind, which we already talked yes, about. Yes. Which is awful, but it was a single song. Because mm-hmm. if you didn't even hear the story, Catherine, but the story was that I, we won tickets on the radio to go to their concert. And I was at the show, and I only knew Summer Charm kind of life. And we got into the <laughs> show, and like, I'm listening, and like, I don't know any of the other songs. God, this is like really awful. They're a really bad band. Well, we have to like just sit here and suffer through this. Everyone in the in the audience was like had that same look on their face. Like, God, I forgot they have other songs. Like, shit, if they're going to play like Semi Sharp Kind of Life like ten over times. and over again. <laughs> there, there was actually a lot of contention between Third Eye Blind and Matchbox Twenty for who was who had the the better album, or you know, and it's not Isn't like. It- what? No, I'm sorry. Go on. No, I was just going to say, it was like between that and Smash Mouth, too. Uh, like these three yeah. bands that more or less uh, were the canon of big bands in 1998, 1997, <laughs> if not before then. Um, but I got the Matchbox 20 album. I never got the Third Eye Blind album. I, I was on Team Rob instead of Team Steven. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> well, the thing with the Mars Volta was that they used to tour with the Chili Peppers. And really? Chili Peppers fans really hated them and like booed them off stage, and they just like t- removed them from the tour. Go do drugs. Which is why, I, which is actually why I brought up Smash Mouth because Smash Mouth and Third Eye Blind toured it together. I don't remember what the legend is because how do you top bill one or the other when the both of them are more or less in equal standing in charts and popularity? Yeah, I mean at that time at least. How do you bill anyone over Smash Mouth? That's sort of the <laughs> that's sort of the real moral of the story. What, and what's the last one you got? The last one was uh, was the Who. It was just the Who, so that's not embarrassing either. Just again, more more dad rock. Sure, um, but the Who, you know, is definitely a band that influenced me going forward. Oh yeah, the one I didn't say was the Strokes, also. Yes, but again, not to, to me, not embarrassing. I think they're a good band. Catherine, what do you got? You oh noticed? my god, I have so many more than ten. I just started like writing things. As that's I okay. That. I got a lot more than ten too. But uh, but at any rate, what stuck out with you? Rolling Stones changed my life. If you want to talk music that changed your life, I was listening to like kind of crap i guess like pop crap i guess i accidentally met keith richards and then i was like oh now i'm gonna look into this music uh that he does and i did and i'm like this is fucking awesome and that's when i got into the rolling stones and then i got into like classic rock from there so i thank him for putting me on the right path i also got heavily into like nirvana that was a big thing yeah uh, and then there's like more autobiographical moments. Like I did a lot of acid, and I listened to this Beatles album, and it sounded kind of extra crazy. So I put that on my list because that was a big moment. <laughs> How old were you when you tried acid for the first time? I think fourteen. Okay. Yeah, I think fourteen through 
like 16 and at 16 yeah, she woke up two years later yeah, <laughs> no. said, well that was one crazy trip yeah and that no. was a really good album <laughs> at 16 i had the most insane trip and i'm like i'm never doing that again and then i tried it immediately after and i couldn't even get high so i'm like if you can't take really good acid and get <laughs> fucked up on it like you're immune or permanently crazy yeah either way just like it's not the, cut I- it. it's not the cut idea it. that that it takes time to wear off like you have to wait i mean that's what happened i didn't wait because <laughs> i wasted a really good <laughs> tab trying to get high immediately after i thought that the world had ended and that i was going to start a cult like oh no i got like really oh, yeah. you were 20 you years there. early yeah. you went there. i mean that's I um that's everyone's dream it's every it's every, ask, every person tripping his dream they say you know i wish i could <laughs> wake up in my own doing? reality and just what? <laughs> wish i could wake up in my own reality and just you know take over <laughs> Uh, I for, found the thirteenth sign, but go on. Yeah, just 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 so that everyone's up to speed, uh, Catherine is eternally twenty one. Yes, um, thank you. She uh, managed to drink from the fount of the youth, and now <laughs> she will uh, be the only person that I think I'll ever know, other than my mother, who manages to stay young forever and ever and ever. So good on you. What else thank you got you. in there? More more Nirvana related stuff, I believe. Too, oh my god, said. Nirvana was huge because again, I was listening to like whatever and with my friends that had like completely different tastes like we wound up growing completely apart they were listening to mariah carey tlc stuff and so was i but not as much uh once i found nirvana it was completely different and i and i saw this like dirty blonde man just like being really aggressive uh, in a video and i'm like what is this man like i just i don't remember i think it was heart-shaped box that i first heard but it could have been all of he's so dreamy in that video he really <laughs> is he really is I'm like oh my god this, this is the perfect man elon <laughs> is the resident expert on the dreamy guys <laughs> dreamy emaciated grungy guys oh from my god seattle of course it's the reason i quit dating because i'm like you've imprinted this as my type and now i can't find somebody with their shit together because i'm looking for the grunge guy wrong Wait, city but, but you yeah. might be the expert on dreamy guys but i'm the expert on emaciated guys okay, <laughs> okay. that's I fair i would put him in dreamy more than emaciated what would you say um yeah he's dreamier emaciated to me i definitely think of like christian Bale and the machinist okay all right no. That's, that's a fair. That's a classic, classic emaciated role. You got into Hole because of this, though, right? Yeah. And uh, Foo Fighters to some extent as well. I also got into Hole because um, this girl that I had a crush on was into Hole. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, yeah, I love Hole. It's so hot. <laughs> so, like I got into it and like started oh, yeah. wearing like T-shirts and and you know hair brats. Uh, <laughs> give her, give her all the flack you want, but Courtney Love was very much a fashion icon. She was. Definitely. Yeah. Um, she was crazier than a coconut, but she definitely <laughs> had her own style that Iconic. everybody, women and men, I think both glommed onto. I mean, oh, yeah, men she, too. She coined a little bit of puke in the hair. I would give that to Debbie Harry. <laughs> puke in the hair. Wow. But you're probably right. It's a, she... it's a great accessory. You're going out for the night, you're, out, you're just, you've been tanked all day, and you say, what's uh, going to really set off this look? I want to call you a liar, but I'm also picturing her rolling around on the ground in, like, a black and white baby doll dress and, like, a tiara. And I'm like, that's probably the day she had puke in her hair (laughs) the most. I feel bad, but. (laughs) Nope, don't. No shame. uh, It's comedy. Sometimes it's, you you have the responsibility to your religion. What she else also you... had balls. Like, I love that she had balls. Gallones. Yeah. Like, fuck you, Madonna. I'm throwing my makeup at you. 
what? <laughs> Who walks in on Madonna? Yeah. I could never feel Madonna. Really? Yeah. I, I, uh, I'm was, super into her. Even at the time, I was like, ah, another pop star. And then, and then when I saw Britney Spears, I was like, ah, she's the new Madonna. Yo. And that was like my whole thing. I, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm a much She wishes. I know. Fan. I know there's like levels, but. No, there well. There's like eight Madonnas technically, and in, in the one, yeah. and l- much like David Bowie had many different uh, phases, oh, Madonna's phases are very pronounced. The one that I liked the best was her earlier work when she was grabbing all that 808 bullshit in the early to mid 80s. Um, I don't know album titles, but pretty much everything pre Vogue is my jam. True but, Blue, yeah, no, isn't that it? I mean, that's definitely like pre. Like, like Starlight, like, like I'm prayer. talking about like Holiday, Starlight, like, like a, a Virgin. Yeah. Everybody. I think that was a single. Yeah, I was super into it. Crazy for you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> These are all karaoke that girl? too. <laughs> what else you got in there? Uh, Madonna's on there. Yes. Uh, because I was into Oh, that's right. We were foreshadowing. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> yes, thank you. Uh, there's so many. Here, look. Tell me what you tell- think is interesting. I've well, got like a bunch. Excuse me. You are our esteemed <laughs> guest to hang out with us for this hour of Lost and Around. Come on. There's okay. a thousand on there. All right. I'm seeing Green Day, STP, Garbage, No Doubt, Nine Inch Nails, Corn, Sublime, Bush. A lot of this is pretty much right in the same ballpark because it's all like mid-90s um, alternative, alternative rock, I should say. Like, I wasn't actually necessarily into corn, but I would put corn on with my friend and we would clean my room while, like, just thrashing. So it was I remember, make, I remember, yeah. I remember like, putting on Freaking Unleashed and making fun of it and being like, Yeah, we would make fun of it. We would make fun of it and clean my room. I do remember yeah. doing that. Because, like, sure. these guys that I was into, like, this group of guys, they call, I don't know what the fuck they call it, spoons? Some bullshit. They were not in a gang, but they called themselves something <laughs> they like that. Wait a Wait a silver spoons. I think they were called silver spoons. Wait a silver spoons. Because we were given all the opportunities as kids, but we threw them away. Yeah, it was still grumpy. Yeah, yeah. They probably wore this over spoons, and there was like this whole—I don't know, whatever. So they liked corn. Where in Long Island are you from again? Great Neck. Great Neck. <laughs> shout out, shout out, Great Neck. To the, Great the, Neck. The, the tough streets of Great Neck, where spoons are born. <laughs> great Neck is, you know, Great Neck. Great Neck is just so much better than Little Neck. You got no idea. It's greater. Great, sure. uh, I saw there are no doubt, um, which was a band that I got to see live. We talked about that on the show before. Um, and then what was it? Nine Inch Nails was a band that I never got into. There was, a, you know, a lot of those bands actually also that you listen autobiographical. Go on. No, what? Well, 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 tell us. What, no, what were you what, say? Oh, I was just going to say that a lot of the bands that I was listing off there, especially like Nine Inch Nails, Green Day, um, Stone Temple Pilots. These are all bands that I pitted in a very specific category of which I was well aware of, even at thirteen. Because everybody, by the time I was in middle school and I had started my new school in Poughkeepsie, they had already gotten into these bands. I ended up getting the shitty albums that occurred in the mid nineties, <laughs> mid to late nineties. So let's take for example Stone Temple Pilots. They released what um, Purple or um, Core, and then I bought their third album, Tiny Music, Songs mm. from the Vatican Gift Shop. Oh God, that one song. <laughs> Green Day. <laughs> so had, that one song. Green Day had Dookie, and they had you know that was a huge hit. What did I end up getting? I ended up getting um, the the one with Geek Stink Breath. I already forgot the name of it. Insomniac, which was a totally forgettable album. Um, I, I probably have it because I have I have a million CDs. 
and I, 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 I also have t- gifts from the whatever. Yeah, like, I have that terrible. Such a shitty album. It was that uh, one song where he was like out of rehab and sexy, right? It sounded like a Rolling Stone song. It sounded like uh, Jumpin' Jack Flash, except it was called Big Bang Baby. It was almost identical. But the other thing I was going to say was that Nine Inch Nails had uh, their album Downward Spiral. I never got into Nine Inch Nails because I feel like I missed the boat entirely on that one. And there's a few other examples, too, just as well. But I feel like those are some prime examples of me jumping on a bandwagon far too late <laughs> and <laughs> and by the time everybody has already you know become well immersed in this artist's work i'm like yeah i'm gonna get the shitty follow-up <laughs> but that's what ends up happening when you're late like pearl Fair jam enough. too pearl jam is another example too where i got no code which is again one of their more forgettable <laughs> albums because nobody remembers any single from there at all let's actually take a quick break and when we come back we're gonna dive into my own embarrassing uh, collection of music from the mid 90s right here on lost and rewound radio free brooklyn didn't catch before in the earlier part just for the record Catherine dunn has promised and she will when she receives these tapes somewhere in her possession that she will come back on the show and talk about them but for now she is our guest to chime in with her own expertise about the musics of the mid 90s that we uh, are so obsessed with evidently according to social media this is what social media says Okay. <laughs> was it mid-90s or was it just high school? Being 34, a lot of the people that I know are either in their late 20s or in their early 40s at the absolute oldest and youngest and oldest, respectively. And everybody more or less listened to the same stuff in high school. You should start chilling with more people in their 70s. you got to expand your horizons. <sighs> I had an old man in, in my neighborhood who was like talking about the music that the young kids are listening to today and how he doesn't like it and how he prefers classic music. So I'm thinking... He's going to, and like classic, like what? But he meant like classical music, and he meant the new music being the Beatles. And I was like, oh, yeah, no, right. man, man, you're they're, so out of they're touch. Rick rock music with <laughs> the guitars and the diddly doos. Oh, no. I thought he was going to say, like, you know, classic music like the Beatles. No, he meant the Beatles were the problem. Yeah, there's, again, there's going to be a time in history where I know they're going to have some new type of music, and we're going to be like, remember the good old days? Let me just throw <laughs> down a chainsaw. You could just throw down a beat and start spitting over it. Nowadays, kids just listen to robotic jams written by robots for robots for robot animals. <laughs> I, I made two lists of the 10 most impressionable albums in my teenage years. When I initially was thinking about this list, it occurred to me that most of the albums that I list here are the first albums I got from these artists that inspired me to buy more albums from said artist. Um, I'm going to do the hip-hop section first because I'm such an ass. I was like, no, there has to be a whole other section for rap because it was so impressed upon me in high school. So that was Stankonia by Outkast, De La Soul is Dead, 
The low-end theory by Tribe Called Quest, Things Fall Apart by The Roots. Common had an album called Like Water for Chocolate, which uh, is beautiful. Uh, Prince Paul had an album called A Prince Among Thieves, which was awesome. Mo's Def, Black on Both Sides. Dr. Octagon was the first rap album I ever bought when I was 14 or 15. Beastie Boys, Hello Nasty, if we're being technical with hip-hop. And then uh, I never got into the Wu-Tang 36 Chambers, but my first album that I got that was Wu-Tang related was Supreme Clientele by Ghostface Killer. That's again, that's another one where you just went on that bandwagon way later. <laughs> yeah. just going to like, I'm not going to buy 36 Chambers. I'm going to buy Supreme Clientele. I mean, Supreme Clientele is a good album. It's a good album. The same way. That's like, yeah, yeah I'm going to buy Iron Man. You know, I'm going to buy like, I'm going to buy Pretty Tony. Yeah. You know, Pretty Tony's a great album. Did any of those resonate with you guys? Were, were, I mean, you listened to a little bit of rap. Catherine, did you listen to any rap at all when you were younger? I mean, if you want to count the Beastie Boys. <laughs> right. Hello Nasty was the first one I got. I remember getting really, license really... To Ill. I got Check Your Head and Ill Communication on tape, but I never got licensed to Ill, actually. That was the only one I think I don't have in my collection. Every well, other one. I guess that's sort of that's one the reason. the airplane one, because I yeah, think that's yeah, the one yeah. I have, yeah. That's Fantastic re- album cover, too. That's one reason yeah. why I'm a little bit embarrassed with the music I used to listen to, is because now I listen to... Probably like sixty to seventy percent hip hop. Yeah, and I didn't start listening to hip hop until I was in college. Well, that's so that's thing. why I don't count it because I don't think yeah. of myself as a teenager when I was nineteen. A lot of the a lot of the rappers that I would collect music of, and even the ones that I listed here, I really didn't get until I got to college, including Illmatic by Nas. Didn't get it until I was like at least a freshman sophomore in college, and all this stuff that I listed is all. The first albums of rapper or rap groups that I got that inspired me to get more because I definitely have more than one album of all those artists. On the non-rap tip, though, it's a whole other story. Beck, Odele, uh, Elliot Smith, XO, Pulp, This Is Hardcore, Wilco, Summer Teeth was like my favorite album for years, Jimmy World, Clarity, Soul Coughing, Irresistible Bliss. Fountains of Wayne, Utopia Parkway, which isn't even their best album, evidently. But, <laughs> but I have I'm sure it isn't a lot, Eels, as we know already. <laughs> Eels, Electroshock Blues, which is the saddest fucking album ever, but I loved it to death. And then uh, Push Stars, After the Party. You know how you have those bands that you listen to that nobody else listens to, and you it's like you own that? Yeah. That was like it's with, called being a hipster. But but, but but this was pre-internet before like we were chatting online before it was yeah, this, making. this conversation is hipster <laughs> this is that, post, that post push stars was like that for me and they were like adult contemporary like wdst and woodstock was playing the hell out of them they played all the time the other one that felt like this for me and shout out to my buddy sean kelly on the west coast who i grew up with and was all about it goldfinger and that was like a ska punk uh socal band i only knew about them because of um tony hawk's pro skater yeah I got put on a lot that, of good music. For their that game. self-titled debut album was just mind-blowing to to this like uh, this like ADD kid who just like wants to like jump around basically. And I would see them live a lot. So those are those. Were, that, were they had that song going? Yeah, 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 yeah. Is that is that That's thing? Offspring. That's Offspring. Yeah. Oh, is that in what was was that in Tony Hawk's Pro Skater? That was, that, was, was, that, in, that was Tony Hawk's Pro Skater. I might have been in that game Crazy Taxi. Oh God, I just remembered that I liked Offspring. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, but you brought up an interesting point, though, because a lot of times uh, in the past, I've sort of rattled off all like the first albums that I ever bought. And this is probably the first moment that I'm getting a chance to recognize that I have failed to mention that Smash by the Offspring is, in fact, one of the very first albums I ever bought. And I was obsessed with it. And still to this day, it holds up. It's a fantastic album. Really? 
Smash by Offspring. <laughs> I like that. I like that. <laughs> no, it's uh, I. I like it a lot. Uh, yeah. Which listen, one's on that? Uh, come out and play. Self esteem. Um, come out and play. That one. Yeah, that they was. They all kind of sounded the same, right? I suppose. I mean, it depends on how. If you want to like look at them back to back, I like that one because there was <laughs> you a want song. To look at them together. Yeah, there was a song on there. You're gonna look, judge it as an album. Look. <laughs> but if you take them as completely separate things, it sound the same. <laughs> well, there was a song in there called "Bad Habit," which had a lot of swear words. So that was very easily impressed upon a 13, 12 year old who wanted no better reason to have swear words coming out of his mouth than by just mouthing it from the singer. This, you stupid, dumb shit, goddamn motherfucker! It just this just this just reminds me of I don't know if you've seen all like the new there's these new memes with uh, the some forty one guy and like Derek just, Wilbley? yeah because he looks he, I mean he looked awful before but he looks really awful now and in the memes it's just like it's just lines from like that song Fat Lip it's like Doctor shit his mom should have had an abortion it's just a picture of him. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like every line from that song is just super self-deprecating so it just keeps having <laughs> let's take a listen to 14 year old Alon not quite 14 year old Alon um, I'm not a boy not yet a woman either um, talking about music as if like he knows what he's talking about talking about hipster trendsetter tastemaker this is what 14-year-old Alon sounds like when it comes to that stuff. The songs you heard before, you know, pretty cool. Uh, this year, the first one, Tori Amos, Cord Light Sneeze, well, that's from her new album, Boys for Pele. Surprisingly, it's real. It's a very interesting CD because, you see, Tori Amos is like that piano prodigy type. And on this CD, she has 18 songs that go bloodly into her deep poetry. Then Alice in Chains, Heaven Beside You, their newest CD, Alice, um, self-titled Alice in Chains CD. It's not the best, but what you heard right there was, what I have to say, one of the better songs. <laughs> Beck, well, he has a new album, and he is one of the most unbelievable artists that we know of right now. He, I mean, he used to be one of those guys who's from the street, playing with his, like, with his, as like a one-man band. Now, look where he is. He's getting awards here and there from magazines, TV stations, radio stations. He's, and his CD is just phenomenal. That song you heard right there is one of the more, how should I say this? Funnier songs, uh, if you know what I mean. What's, what, how, and how it ended up near the end of the song. That's why it's called Jackass, I bet. <laughs> then you heard Bush with Glycerine. Yeah, Bush, you know, I think more people, more, like, the ladies are more into hit, into um, Gavin Rosendale, and the boys are more into the band. But that was, their, that was from the first album they did, 16 Stone, which was a hit. And it sold 5 million records and 5 singles. All right. The next one is Cranberries. Well, you know, the Cranberries, they've came from Ireland. They've, they are not, like, the most popular, but they are, like, popular. They're caught in the middle, basically. That song, Zombie, was, was one of the more famous songs from their second album, which was, uh, 
called No Need to Argue. And it's like, I, I, in my opinion, that's like, well, that's, I think that maybe one of their best ones. Actually, I think it is their best one. Uh, that that that's the best. Then comes their first. Then comes their third. Third isn't really that good. I heard. Well, anyway, then comes Everclear. And, yeah, they've also been stuck in the middle of the alternative scene, and they've had a history of drugs and stuff. And that song we heard was from their first famous release. This is called Sparkle and Fade. And the song that you heard was Heart Spank Dollar Sign. The second single from that. I think it was the last one if I'm right. Next is Foo Fighters. Um, Ecstatic. And Foo Fighters was made of uh, the drummer from for uh, Nirvana. After, it's after Nirvana split up. And his name is David Grohl. And he made his own band called the Foo Fighters. And in 94, they started to work on an album called... Self-entitled Foo Fighters, and it basically that which was their band So, uh, I one one of the rumors is that I heard that they're going to um let more of the band members try out to write some more songs rather than even go just doing all the work. But the song you just heard was a was a song that never that never got airplay. It's later in the album called Ecstatic. Then came Garbage with Milk, and that's off their first album. Actually, the only album right now, self-entitled Garbage, and the Milk was I think is the most recent single, besides uh, the song from the off the Romeo and Juliet soundtrack, Number One Crush. But Garbage is weird. Um, Garbage was formed from um, Shirley Manson, the lead singer, who came from the UK, and her band's from Los Angeles. They actually they 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 were voted in Spin magazine. The best new band of 96. I can imagine why, because their very weird rock style has gotten them to where they should be. And um, then comes again the Goo Goo Dolls with Name, which is their first single. And you see, the Goo Goo Dolls have actually been around for a while, but A Boy Named Goo, their, well, their first famous album, I, was actually not their first. They had, I think, four other albums before, before then, and um, and so yeah, name was their was it, in truth their only uh acoustic soft song they ever made, and they had to, and they just had to make it for a first single. They just had to make it. <laughs> the reason I picked that song was you know just because. I don't know. I I I don't think you. I don't, it's kind of uh, hurts your ears. You can see Goo Goo Dolls hard. I don't. It's it, it's not very. What you want to hear? But you know, Goo Goo Dolls is considered on the low part of uh, of the alternative the alternalist. Surprisingly enough, uh, Goldfinger with Here in Your Bedroom was the next song after that, and you know, I you know I like to say this that. Goldfinger is actually one of the rising stars of the alternative punk scene. Scott Punk, you know, whatever, like that, yeah. But, yeah, Goldfinger is very, very kooky, funny, crazy for their for their great um, tunes that they make. Especially this one here, Your Bedroom, which was their first single. Off their, off their first album, 
um, self-entitled Goldfinger. Then comes the next next one, Jewel, uh, with her song after first album, Pieces of You, and that was You Were Meant For Me. That's the most recent single up to date, and it's become a big hit. And yet, yeah, Jewel, it's the, I, I actually don't know as much where Jewel might come from. Um, I think she may be from Alaska, or maybe the Midwest, I don't know, either of the two. But anyway, yeah, so Jewel, surprisingly, has become very famous in this last year, but hasn't won any awards. But, you know, that's okay for her first year, you know, that's okay. I don't even remember when I sold that album. I had Pieces of You for a bit. I did. That was really amusing to, to hear. I thought she was really, I thought she was really cute back in the day, but I didn't like the music. <laughs> and then there was, I didn't like her teeth, but I thought she was hot. Yeah, I, that was also. It was like one of those things where I thought, you know what, I'll, I'll just look past that. So that was a, that was, <laughs> I'll, I'll get over it. We all have eventually had to get over it. <laughs> I liked she, her. I liked. She was a good poet, but I never really like got into her music. That was just my thing. Yeah, I remember buying a book of her poetry. But that would be like a hard thing to do. Could you really? be with someone if you didn't like their art no exactly right? i don't think i could that's what i'm saying so that's what i'm really picky it's, i even find that i can't hang out with people if i don't if like if if they are creatively minded people and i don't think they're talented oh i can i can hang out with them because i've seen so many people that i don't get become successful so i'm not gonna not be friends with somebody and i'm gonna support whatever the fuck they're doing whether I like it or not, and I'm not gonna lie about it, but I wouldn't. Um, I wouldn't not be friends with somebody. Because I'll be I didn't friendly. Like their art. I'll be friendly. Yeah, if they had like a shitty attitude or if they were terrible people, I wouldn't be friends with them. But I would not let the art get in the way of our friendship. No, what I'm saying is like when I when I say friends, like a person that I would become closer with. Like for instance, if I'm gonna if I'm gonna start the Justice League, mm-hmm. you know, uh, you can't have the Martian Manhunter if he doesn't know how to. Well, that's different. You know, hunt. Martians. Now you're creating a league. Very <laughs> <laughs> like I would not let these people in my league right, if I enough. needed them to perform tasks that they were they were out of their okay. wheelhouse. Fair enough. Yes, this is true. <laughs> so to recap, what we were listening to was a shoddily rattle off of <laughs> bands that I collected CDs of when I was by that point fourteen, uh, almost fourteen. And the list there is of a song per artist that I put on this tape. Of all the artists that I had, was, so your, I, your your cadence hasn't changed so much. It's no, it, so it definitely about. hasn't. <laughs> Luckily, I'm a little more fluid, but not quite as much. <laughs> you would hope you would hope for more progress. <laughs> it's in the middle there. It's right, in the middle. Right. It's 20, in between there. Twenty years later, and I'm still ambling like a doof. So you got all those different artists there of whom I had albums of, and I don't know. Like I, I feel like some of those I sold the albums, but some of them I did keep. Like I said, Jewel, I don't have that CD anymore. I definitely don't have that Alice in Chains album anymore, but I still have that Bush album lying around. Cranberries was one of my first albums. Everclear, Foo Fighters, Garbage, Goo Goo Dolls, and then Tori Amos. That's the only album I own by Tori Amos. I don't think I ever got into her. Obviously, girls that I was into yeah. were into her. Like, obviously. Yeah. But I never got into her. I can't even place what her songs are. I know that I, I don't know. I, I knew that I knew she of her. She did a cover of Smells Like Teen Spirit. I'd like to note that I have about 200 some odd CDs still kicking about, and I have no idea what to do with them. So at this time, when I was 13, I had maybe about 25 to 30 CDs. So oh, I just boy. piled them. Yeah, exactly. I, it was the beginning of the collection. And there was all these other artists that made it on a second tape. And unlike what I did with the first tape of this duo, I did not get a chance to backsell 
awkwardly every single song. But the <laughs> songs that came up on the second were Natalie Merchant's San Andreas Fault, the same one with Carnival on it, whatever, 10,000 Maniacs. Again, didn't get into that. Got her solo album, weird. No Doubt, 16, a.k.a. the track before Sunday Morning. Oasis, Don't Look Back in Anger. Uh, <laughs> Offspring, What Happened to You. Pearl Jam, Sometimes, which is off that no-code album. Presidency of the United States of America, Back Porch. <laughs> Red Hot Chili Peppers, off a One Hot Minute, Tearjerker. Silver Chair, Tomorrow, do not have that album anymore. I got bit by that bug. I thought that was really cool that they were not much older than I am and prominent in their musicianship. I like that they looked like Nirvana. There, There is an yeah, advertising. Young and Blonde. Smashing Pumpkins, <laughs> 19, Smashing Pumpkins 1979, which I really genuinely oh, like. Oh, I forgot that. about that. That was a great track. Soul, that was huge. Soul Asylum, Caged Rat from Let Your Dim Light Shine. I don't know. Maybe it was a good album in retrospect. I thought I missed the boat because all, everything that they got, came out with was much better earlier before then, I guess. Soundgarden, Burden in My Hand, another example of that, although I did like that album, Down on the Upside. And then Stone Temple Pilots, as we talked about before, Tripping on a Hole in a Paper Heart was the track. Yeah, I don't know that one. Yeah, it's good stuff. We got to wrap up here in a little bit, but we must address the elephant in the music room that we have not even talked about yet. And That's that is... not nice. You shouldn't call our guests elephants. Oh, I was talking about Alanis Morissette, actually. <laughs> oh my God, how did I forget about her? Let's listen to this track that was the secret track to Jagged Little Pill. I burn your incense I ran a bear I noticed a letter that said on your desk It said, hello, love I love you so, love Meet me at midnight And no, it wasn't my writing I better go soon It wasn't my writing So forgive me, love if I cry in your shower, so forgive me, love, for the salt in your bed. So forgive me, love, if I cry all afternoon. What you just heard was Alanis with Your House. And, well, this is a very cool song when you think about it. Because this is actually not a song that's listed on the LP record list. What I'm trying to say is that it's not listed as one of the songs on the back of the record. If you'll see all the songs listed. And either is number 13, which is another version of You Ought to Know. But this, if you keep fast forwarding, it's supposed to be a secret song. But now it's not really a secret for a lot of people that are curious enough like me to, to fast forward it. So y your house is a secret song, and it's an a cappella song, and it's very interesting. It kind of sounds like she's country, but you know that's fine. <laughs> but yeah, Alanis, you know, very interesting superstar in the music industry, winning award after award after award, selling record after record after record, and all she does is write one song that does that isn't even heard of, and then she gets fame. If I could guess, I think I'm pro I, I, w I probably was one of the first thousand to buy that album. Because when you wanted, I, what, all I did was hear You Want to Know. I liked that song so much on the radio. The only, I only one time, maybe two times. And then I bought the album. And yeah, but anyway, so you know, she's a Canadian singer and 
Truth matter. She started out. You can't do that on television, on Nickelodeon. She was a she. She played the piano, and then she went to the music business, and was uh, evidently a pop star. And you know what? I I hear she was horrible, horrible pop star. And no, and hardly anybody liked her albums. But then, when she twenty one came back. And made a different entrance with The Rock. And, well, it's obviously six more successful now. But I've heard a weird thing, that more people in America are buying it in Canada. I have no idea what I'm talking about. No, it's this incredible. is not. You sound oh, just as just as like well-versed and knowledgeable as, uh, as any critic I've ever heard. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but, LP album album list. Oh, it's not on the <laughs> yeah. Yeah, um, the the words when they I, put them together on the back. Yeah, I mean, I feel like I remember bragging about that a lot. Like, I was one of the first people who bought this album. I didn't buy it. I heard a second single, two single, pushing up my imaginary glasses. I I bought the <laughs> album when I when I heard you want to know, and that was well before Hand in My Pocket came out. So I was one of the first million people to buy that album, and now it's always on like the same list that is on that Lincoln Park is on always the top selling albums list kind of thing i feel like it's still there because people it, love it at karaoke too i'm sure one thing that is a good point that uh 13 year old alan made was that the secret track the hidden track is not something that we normally see anymore there's no secret track anymore because we're all in on the secret i do remember the secret tracks i remember that I remember there finding is- them i don't remember being excited about it I just remember finding them and being like oh i wish they'd like not made me listen to the whole thing to find this oh really <laughs> I know the one, there was one on the Red Hot Chili Peppers, like, I'm a little pee. Yep. No, that wasn't even a secret track. <laughs> that that was, wasn't? That was its own track. No, wait, then Fuck You was, no, that wasn't yeah. a secret. No, no what, what was the track that they came out with? I don't remember. I thought it I was thought a song. They made Their Red Hot was the last track on Blood Sugar Sex Magic. I don't remember. I forget. I, I used to be a huge Chili Peppers fanatic, and I <laughs> cut that shit out when I discovered the Talking Heads. I found my new favorite band, and I was like, fuck you, Chili Peppers, you're dumb, and wear socks on your cocks. Bye. Cock socks. Yeah, um, it's like, put a shirt on, Anthony Kiedis. I don't no. want to see your old body. I'm fine with it. Oh, he's boy. all old? He's really I don't old. care. He's, he's got sexy he's, Indian he, man. He's got Iggy Pop boobs. I mean... Right? Iggy Pop sexy. He's Iggy Pop sexy. Right. He's, he's, he's always got man. Heroin chic. Yeah. I mean. Is he. Does he, does he fall into your categories? Or yeah. Is he, is, is, is he emaciated or is he uh, <laughs> crunchy? Um, Iggy Pop? Yeah. Yes. All right. All right. He does. So you both have stamps on him. <laughs> Catherine, do you, do you talk about emaciated uh, versus sexy guys at all on your radio show? Um, we would if that was a question that we brought. We just talk about sexy. We just talk about the sexy? Yeah. Tell us a little bit about, uh, about what we can expect uh, for your next episode of Art Star Senior Radio. You guys have been going now for two seasons, right? Or three seasons? I think since the beginning. Since Whenever the, the beginning was. Of radio so that was, yeah. that was like, you mean, are you talking the year zero or talking before Christ? The year zero before okay. Christ. And Christ was the original art star scene radio host. Exactly. Yeah. And you have any other projects in the mix or can people just really uh, expect to be hearing you and your in your prime example with your Saturday night excursion? Uh, The regular thing that you can check me out doing is that the Saturday every Saturday at seven here on Radio Free Brooklyn with our star scene radio. But uh, you can also find out more about me. I don't update uh, on CatherineDunn.com. K-A-T-H-R-Y-N-D-U-N-N. Mm hmm. I'm mostly like too often on social media, and you'll be back here anyway because yeah. you, you, like like we've pushed forward over and over again on this hour. Uh, you will, you will. I will I'm, provide. You will provide. Now, it. now that I've come heard, with the goods. Some, she's yeah. gonna come with the goods. I got the goods, kid. 
Catherine, like you, listener, if you have not contributed anything and would like to contribute something to Lost and Rewound, we could be reached at lostandrewound at gmail.com. And we are all over the place social media-wise, Twitter, Facebook, Tumblr. Um, our show is broadcast on Radio Free Brooklyn and archived on Audio Boom, as well as SoundCloud and iTunes. We're all over the place. You'll see us on the street corners, shaking a can, trying to get change, spare change, if any, we, any way we can. If we have the time. But if not, you could always catch us here next Thursday at 3 p.m. Thanks again, Catherine. Really, really appreciate you coming yeah, in. Thank and, you so much. And, uh, offer, you. and offering us your humorous observations and uh, just making this hour more entertaining than I could ever imagine it be. Oh, stop. Yeah. No, no, for sure. For sure. It's true. I can't even, I can't, I can barely sit in a room alone with this guy over here. <laughs> I swear. I don't you know. want to gouge my eyes out. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, you know, I'm telling you. Just like, just like, uh, what was your guy, Oedipus, you know, wandered through the desert after that. Yeah, yeah. If he was my mother, I'd fuck him. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks again to Catherine Dunn. And that's Jimmy. That is my name. And I am Alon. And we will see you here. Hopefully, if we're not all dead, uh, next Thursday. Next week. <laughs> no promises. We, we no hope, promises. We, we hope so, though. Next week, right here at Radio Free Brooklyn. Take care, everybody. Bye. I've been drifting along in the same stale shoes. Loose ends. Tying a noose in the back of my mind If you thought that you were making your way To where the puzzles and pagans lay I put it together It's a strange invitation You're listening to me now.